listening to the Russell Bread Podcast. Cut the shit. How many red carpets you guys want to walk in your $4,000 ridiculous heels? You will never be able to lace up my Chuck Taylor. This is your fault. This is your fault. I did get mad when you stole all my moves. Your daddy's not here anymore. It's, how was your movie, by the way? Oh, I missed I, it. Mine, mine went straight to DVD, just like yours. Careful you don't hurt your neck again going through those ropes. What is going on, guys?
going forward. You're listening to the Russell Bread Podcast. That's a shit. I didn't get mad when you stole all my moves. Your daddy's not here anymore. It's, how was your movie, by the way? Oh, I mine, mine went straight to DVD, just like yours. Careful you don't hurt your neck again going through. What's going on, guys? This is JD, and this is episode 195 of the Russell Fred podcast. At least I hope it is episode 195. Hopefully this is going through. It looks like it's all good. The intro, for some reason, restarted it. I'm just going to, like, I, I've been, I updated my memory on my computer and everything. So, you know, technology, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but anyway, my name is JD, the first effing lady of the Bloodline Entertainment Network. And thank you so much for tuning in. Um, it's been a crazy week this week in wrestling. And first of all, we have to discuss the most, the biggest thing that has happened this week in wrestling. I'm built differently. I mean, our guy, he is champion. Dirty Dom is now a champion in NXT. He has won the North American Championship, and I'm going to talk about him and the Judgment Day later on in as we uh, go through the recaps and everything. But I was hoping that it would happen, and indeed, it did happen. Um, but yes, episode 195, we are five episodes away from episode 200, which I think... Um, it may coincide with all in, I think, if I'm counting it correctly or all out one of those, it might be the all in all out scenario, but yeah, counting down to episode 200. Can't wait for that, but thank you guys all for tuning in and, you know, thank you guys. Uh, so hopefully you guys were just coming from the Universal Wrestling Podcast. If you haven't, go check them out as well. Um, and just a brief, if you don't know who I am, my name is JD, the first effing lady of the Bloodline Entertainment Network. And Bloodline Entertainment Network is just a group of awesome people, podcasters, writers, um, who are passionate about what we talk about. If you are a fan of sports entertainment, sports entertainment, um, MMA, gaming, entertainment movies and everything instead of going to all these different websites and tying up your computer and everything like that it is all on one website bloodlinenetwork.com so make sure you go to the website check it out there's a lot of podcasters out there there's a lot of writers out there if you we have uh football season coming soon we got roto slappers who is talking about fantasy football don't get caught drafting the wrong person in the wrong round and costing yourself the championship or bragging rights, whatever it is you're going for. But go to bloodlinenetwork.com. You'll see a whole slew of podcasters, including yours truly, as we are L-I-V-E live, yeah, right now talking about it. And if you are on the um, 
YouTube and everything or Twitch, whatever, be sure to follow, like, hit that subscribe button, pound that subscribe button like Brock Lesnar was going off on Cody Rhodes this week. And we will talk about that as well. But first of all, shout out to the chat, to my early people. First of all, Ben Buster, be sure to check out the director's cut. Uh, if you are a fan of movies and everything like that, Graydon does some great breakdowns of movies and trailers as well, too. So be sure to check them out, First Lady JD. Thank you so much for tuning in. And then the psycho from Philly. Okay, the best place to be. What's up, my queen? I won gold before the other Dom True story. That's right. This Dom did win. He is the predictions champion. And if you haven't been checking us out during our watch-alongs, be sure to tune into our watch-alongs. Great time. If you don't, even if you don't like AEW, tune in. You'll have a great time. We'll make it fun. If you don't like WWE, still tune in. We'll make it fun and everything like that. But shout out to you. Thank you so much, Dom, for tuning in. And then, of course, the Tribal Chief of Podcasting, Devin, with Clark Street Wrestling Podcast was good, First Lady. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be getting to a lot of topics. We'll be talking about the bloodline, of course. We'll be talking about Judgment Day. We'll be talking about Cody and Brock Lesnar. And then, of course, on the AEW side, we're, of course, going to be talking about the Golden Elite and the new best friends of AEW as well. But first, we get into any of that. We got to find out what's the dirt. Um, so first off, we have a documentary of Cody Rhodes coming out. The story is still being told of this guy. Uh, so first of all, you guys all know that I am president of the Cody Haters Club. Um, you know, not I don't dislike him personally. I enjoy his um, theme song and stuff like that. It's just I keep the same energy as I did when he was in AEW. I felt as though he like over baby face it and. I feel the the same way that he's doing now. Um, rumor is that some that people are slightly getting tired because he kind of does the a bit of the same thing, which is what he did in AEW as well. But you know, I, you know, it is what it is. Um, but he is getting a documentary on WWE's Peacock where he is going to be um, talking about uh, his path, his journey from when he first started in WWE, then he left and came back to WWE. And now he is about, you know, finishing the story and this, that, and the third. Um, it actually is going to be two hours long. It's going to come on July 31st. And it's called American Nightmare Becoming Cody Rhodes. Um, the synopsis says, Cody Rhodes grew up living in the shadow of his father, WWE Hall of Famer, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. In 2016, Cody risked it all by leaving WWE to make a name for himself, becoming the American Nightmare. This intimate and revealing documentary followed Cody's journey away from WWE and his return at WrestleMania 38 last year as he chases the dream of winning the WWE Championship, the one title his father was never able to claim. Uh, through never-before-seen never footage and unprecedented access, this Peacock original illustrates the transformation of a man who is blazing a new trail in sports entertainment. I feel as though this should have came closer maybe to WrestleMania 40 if he is going to be dethroning Roman Reigns 
uh, well, you know, not exactly the losing streak because uh, Roman did like technically lose, but taking the title away from him. I felt as though this would mean more if this came out around WrestleMania time, if you're trying to do the whole spectacle of this whole finishing the story, stuff like that. I am happy that it didn't come out with last WrestleMania because that would have been a, a, that would have been a little bit too much. I mean, not exactly like the whole finish the story or anything like that, but the fact that he just came back from injury and it's just like everything is kind of getting like squished into like a four month period of everything with him. I do find it funny and with Mr. Adversity that um, this is specifically about him leaving WWE and then coming back. It's like, is he going to talk about AEW here? Are they going to show footage of him in AEW because, or, or New Japan as well? Like, he didn't just leave to become a farmer or something like that. He left to come go to New, he went to Japan, um, and then he started a company on his own. Like, I don't know how much he's going to talk about it, especially the fact that Tony Khan said that him and WWE are at war. So I don't know how much Tony Khan is going to allow him to use footage or anything like that. But then again, he is in AEW's fight forever. So we'll see. We'll see how things play out. Um, but I am interested to see like what they're going to do. I did see, I did read that um, the elite allowed him to use some footage from the being the elite series um, and so we're going to at least see the young bucks and Kenny along with him and some other people as well. I don't know what, uh, footage they're going to be using for that, but I am interested to see how much is he going to talk about, uh, him leaving and starting a whole new company. I just want to say though, and I'm also interested to see how much, how twisted this story is going to be about Cody leaving and then coming back. Is he going to tell the truth about the reason why he left and what he felt about WWE when he was gone? It's not like he left and is doing what Brian Danielson was doing and saying nothing but good things about WWE. He talks shit about WWE the whole time. He created entrances to put down WWE the whole time. He created a whole anti-WWE culture over in AEW. So it's like, I just want to know how much, not only that they allow him to tell the truth, but how much WWE is going to let the truth be known. Because WWE will spend some stuff, okay? WWE will make you completely forget uh, what's going on. Uh, what's going on, Faction Cast? Thank you so much for tuning in. I think he'll tell the truth. I feel like he'll he'll want to tell the truth, but will WWE allow him to tell the truth? Because of him telling the truth, he they will have to admit that they're allowing back someone who has completely talked nothing but trash about them, created their own competition. Technically, he's the he created their competitor, and who took you know some big names from WWE as well. So I just I'm very curious of how much. Like, are, is this going to be like 100% straight truth or will WWE sit there and, and try to twist it? Like he left and thought about WWE the whole time, just like how he sat there and said, you know, him creating these entrances and putting down Triple H is because he likes Triple H instead of putting down Triple H because anti-WWE. 
uh, Faction Cast says, it's not really a WWE thing, it's a Peacock thing, like how WWE treasures the AEW thing, not uh, AEW. <laughs> like how WWE treasures is an A and E thing, not a WWE thing. True. But isn't it, I think it's by, um, isn't it by WWE Studios? Because I know a lot of their, um, is there specials, isn't there specials behind WWE Studios or whatever it is that they do? We'll see. I'll look into it and see. But yeah, that's true. We'll see if, if, if it is Peacock. I'm very, like I said, I'm very interested to see how much like will be told. And will he show footage from AEW or footage from New Japan or something like that? I'm just curious about, because this is all about him, him being gone, which I find very interesting. Not exactly the return, but the fact of him leaving and everything that he did. So we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, even though I am a Cody hater, hey, 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 I'm still going to check this out and see like, you know, what is being said about it. Um, also, too, uh, as the dirt sheets were talking about, Nick Aldis has wrapped up with Impact and is officially now a free agent. Uh, if you guys didn't check out Universal Wrestling uh, podcast, they also talked about Nick Aldis as well. Um, of course, WWE said this high interest in signing um, Nick, but apparently as a producer, which <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't get that because first of all, I I watched um, NWA for a little bit, especially during the pandemic era. And so that's how I found out about Eddie Kingston and um, Ricky Starks and L.A. Knight and um, Nick Aldis, of course, with the 10 pounds of gold, I think he called the belt. And he's money. He looks like money. And I feel like you're going to just shove him in the back as a producer. Like, I could see if he wants to retire, then, yeah, you want to use that mindset as a producer with WWE. But if he's not ready to retire... Why are you going to take that type of talent and waste it? The same thing with LA Knight of them wanting him to be a manager of these supermodels. It's like you have such a talent. And it, look, and look what happened now. Look what happened. He's LA Knight. He's the biggest fucking thing in WWE right now. Like his sayings is all over the place. He People like doing his catchphrases and everything like that. His yeah is slowly turning into the new what. Look, look at the talent. Had he had stayed as fucking Max Dupree, this would have never, like, we would never have seen L.A. Knight way he is now. And I feel like that's the same thing they're trying to do with Nick. He's such a talented person, and you want to hide that away. Like, you got to think of it business-wise. You want to maximize as much money as you can. If you want to sign someone, find out who the fuck they are. Like, study them watch their matches, watch their promos and stuff like that, and see, can you make money off of this person? I don't know if they're looking at this as far as, like, age or something like that, like they did with LA Knight, that they feel as though he won't get over because of his age. Um, you know, when AJ Styles came over to WWE, it's not like he was, like, 23 years old. This man was well-established in his career. He was a known name. Same thing with Shinsuke Nakamura. And same thing, well, you know, Chris Jericho was uh, a, a young as well, but you're bringing over established wrestlers who have, a, who's known, you know, outside of WWE, 
you kind of want to bring in a bit of a new audience. You could bring in people who, you know, watch Nick in NWA, bring them over to WE. You could can potentially bring those fans over as well. So, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit uh, weird that they want to make him as a producer. Like, you know, you want to maximize as much money as you can, especially the fact that you're breaking up your biggest story that has been bringing you so much viewership and money and merchandising for the past three years, which is the bloodline. You want to break, you're breaking that up. You're ending it. You need to, you know, pretty much like fill in that void as much as you can with, you know, more merchandising and, you know, must see segments and stuff. So that, you know, you're only so that people aren't just tuning in just to see the bloodline, for example, Um, you have to fill in that void now. So when people go to tune in, they're seeing a little bit of the bloodline, but they're seeing other people as well. So. But, you know, what do I know? If there's a WN insider, uh, you know, hire me. I can help you out with some shit like this. <laughs> um, also, Tony Khan had held a media call um, earlier this week. Uh, some notes that I had found um, that apparently there was a women's blood and guts match that was discussed. But um, the injury to Jamie Hayter had ended those discussions, which I don't know how, where she's at in her recovery. If she is able to, um, if she is able to possibly get better in time of all in or even all out, and you can have a women's blood and guts match at that point as well it's just you know just pay attention to your women yeah i mean we're we're starting to get back to the attitude era of the women's division the um ruthless aggression era of the women's division where we have in 30 second matches you're checking off your checklist of having just one woman's match on a show and stuff like that or one storyline that you're really paying attention to just solely because it involves the title or tournament, like, you know, actually work it out, you know, show as much hype. You're a wrestling fan. He he claims that he is a, a big wrestling fan. Uh, show as much hype for the women's division as you do the men's division. The women's women's wrestling has a very good uh, history. Yeah. I mean, uh, that spans back before, you know, with WWE and even, other promotions so i'm a little confused as to why it's just such a wall yeah i mean when it comes to the women's division um so there was something that uh the hubs had told me about um that apparently warner brother discovery wants aew to do more pay-per-views uh you know them 50 dollars pay-per-views that they do every four months apparently they're um there were discussions about them expanding that schedule. Um, Tony Khan did confirm that they did talk about it, but he's happy with the current model. Um, And so it feels like, of course, because it's the network saying it, it's a possibility that could happen. Now, if they decide to do like WWE, where it's on a, you know, subscription service where you're not paying $50 every single month, I can deal with that but I'm not paying $50 every single month. I didn't even do it when WWE was doing it back in the day. Okay. When it was true pay-per-view in order to see it, you either had to go over someone's house who paid for the pay-per-view or you had the chip. 
or you know or you came from a rich fucking family where you were able to pay fifty dollars um were you able to pay fifty dollars each and every month that's a lot yeah i mean that is a lot to pay $50 for every single month. And plus two, on top of that, as we see with WWE, with a pay-per-view each and every month, you're not really, you're not really giving a lot of concentration on some storylines um, because you are cranking out feuds just for, you know, 30 days and then moving on to the next one instead of a lot of these feuds doing further out of, you know, three or four months and everything. Um, faction cast says right now they're doing four or five if you count all in, but if they do six a year, they'll be fine. Yeah. You know, every other month, uh, you know, hopefully that will help out with the structure of storylines and stuff like that. Um, if they do the structure with the storylines and things like that, I mean, $25 a month, $10 for our friends overseas, um, not $20. It'll be $10 because the pay-per-views are 20 bucks each. But yeah, $10 a month for our friends overseas. Um, it's $30 for us. It's $59.99, I think it is. No, $49.99. So yeah, 20 bucks, 25 bucks for us each and every month. We'll see how it does. But I just don't want them to have uh, pay-per-views so frequently, that, especially the fact that you also have Ring of Honor that he's taking care of. And as we've seen... Um, which is the next thing that they talked about is we have death before before this honor coming this Friday. Didn't even know that it was happening. Um, the card for it came very late, which he had talked about um, as well. Uh, Faction Cast said, if it wasn't for Peacock, I'll still be splitting 50-50 with someone with these $50 pay-per-views. Yeah, man, it was hard previous to peacock and the wwe network and stuff like that like they had they started with the in your house johns where it was like they did in your house in between the big four pay-per-views and then they did away with that and just had like legit pay-per-view names and it was 49.99 every fucking month and it was it was hard as as fuck because it was added to error and it was ruthless, ruthless aggression error. So each pay-per-view had a match or two that you really wanted to see. And it's not like they do what they do now. Because um, back then, they really didn't do too many rematches, if I remember correctly. They just continued with the fucking storyline. Like, you had to get with the program. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, splitting. Oh, my gosh. Dealing with them pay-per-views. Oh, my goodness. Luckily, luckily... uh I don't know if my mom or brother knew someone who knew someone who knew someone and we had the chip cable. And so I was able to watch some pay-per-views for free. She probably figured that, yeah, let me, let me get, let me get it for free. Cause this girl is going to sit there and watch all the damn pay-per-views. You know what I mean? Uh, shout out to Marks with Mikes. I remember I had to rent the VHS from blockbuster whoa we're going way back to the days of blockbusters when you went on on front like you were so happy listen yo man i remember i used to be so happy at fridays when it was school time when you get out on fridays you can go to the blockbuster and you would get the blockbuster video and then you turned around and you had they let they had the candy and stuff like that and you get something to drink 
my Blockbuster was next to a Rite Aid or something like that. So I would go get, go to Blockbuster and then you get the drink and you get the popcorn and everything like that. And yeah, those were good times. Uh, yeah, free 99. I don't know. Listen, it was hard back in them days paying $50 for the pay-per-views back in the old school eras. Wow, crazy. Uh, Faction Cast says, I don't really think Tony Khan really cares about Ring of Honor. He just wanted it because he's a mark. Which is crazy because there are there's some good talent with Ring of Honor and they're just not getting the respect that they need. Like, come on, you... One, I was hoping that he would bring up Ring of Honor because I was like, he's such a, you know, he's such a wrestling fan. When he brought Ring of Honor, I'm like, okay, cool. He's going to revive Ring of Honor and, you know, bring it back to what it needs to be. And he's forgetting about it. Like, we should have been knew that this paper was going on. We should have heard about it on Dynamite or Collision or something like that. It just blows my mind. You're owner of two companies now. And it just feels like you're you're forgetting things. Um, what's going on? I'm from the broadcast podcast. Be sure to tune into that. As Mark's reminding us that Hollywood Video did exist. Yes, yes, yes. Hollywood Video and Blockbuster was the jam, yo. Um, especially you know renting the the video games, yo. It was loved it. How on Friday, Friday after school, I go right to, um, I would go right to Blockbuster and I would get the video game, sometimes the movie, and you just had the whole weekend to play the game or watch said movie. Yeah, you know I mean, as the broadcast is right along with us, so many good memories. Yo, kids these days just don't understand. <laughs> Of having it felt you felt like an adult because you would walk in and you got to shop and you browse for the, what you know like hmm what video game should I play this week hmm what movie should I play that should I rent this week and you had the little card too and then Blockbuster did that whole ID kid thing where you had to take the picture each year in case you went missing you know they had the little card that the shows too. What's going on? Universal Wrestling Podcast with Nick. No drive-bys. Well, I am technically talking about AEW, so I appreciate you not coming in with the drive-by first. <laughs> What's good, Nick? Thank you so much for tuning in. And TK from the Tim King Show. What's good, first lady? What's going on? Make sure you guys tune in to my Bloodline Brother podcast. If you guys are wrestling fans or, you know, anything, uh, some good stuff right here. Um, Marks with Mike says, Ring of Honor is AW Dark, but the only difference is we got to pay for it. Yeah, which is a shame because I feel like Ring of Honor is like the stepchild that gets forgotten about. And then on top of that, they do put um they do put some of the stuff from Ring of Honor on YouTube after a while too. So that's how I kind of like checked out some stuff. Is after a while it just appears on on YouTube. So I'm like it's no point of like paying for the service when you have um YouTube as well. It's faction casting Tim King the goat. Uh faction cast uh also said Tony Khan is a mark with money. He's a wrestling fan who happened to have money, so he's doing what he wants with no structure, which is crazy. And then on top of that, not only is he a wrestling fan, but he's a wrestling fan who listens to fans. 
So fans start crying about something, you know, they start getting their way and he'll just, he'll just book it. You know what I mean? Um, as broadcast said, used to have such an awesome collection of WWF, WCW and ECW. Yes. Leo, the DVDs when, you know, especially when you wanted to rewatch something after a while, you wanted to, especially when the, especially when, of course, when they started coming out with the special DVDs that you see, I got one of the special DVDs right here of The Undertaker. Um, they would have those out at Blockbusters and stuff like that. Um, I know they did, they did Undertaker a couple of times. I believe Bret Hart had one, Shawn Michaels, pretty much everyone had a special DVD or VHS uh, that you would check out. Um, his dad even said he was going to buy WCW for Tony if Tony came up with a plan. See? Like, I'm not going to lie. If I was born into rich money and I would probably start my own wrestling promotion as well. And it's just like, you know, it's it's like if we all had money and stuff like that, we would probably um, we would probably do the same thing um, as well. We would probably do the same thing as well, too. Um, let me see something. We'll probably see, we'll probably do the same thing as well. Um, like if I came in with a bunch of money, I would probably, yeah, I would probably buy ECW and redo ECW the proper way. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm not hating on Tony at the fact that he brought, he's a wrestling fan and he brought it. I was hoping that he used the fact that he's a wrestling fan and like, you know, do respect to it. You know what I mean? Like actually be the wrestling fan, but be the wrestling fan that wants to put on a good show for the fans. Um, as Tom from the broadcast said, WWF, no mercy, WWE SmackDown, the game, WWF, WrestleMania 2000. Whoa, I played that. WCW Revenge. And I played, well, I played no mercy. First of all, I had a cousin that had all the damn video games. And um, he had no mercy. So that's how I was able to play it. But I had WrestleMania, was it WrestleMania 2000? Uh, no, I have WrestleMania the arcade game. That's going way back, guys. Our, WrestleMania the arcade game. And I think I did play WrestleMania 2000. Um, I played SmackDown. I played SmackDown Here Comes the Pain, I believe. Uh, me and the hub played against each other on that one. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but yeah, I played some things uh, as well. Um, Dom said those were the days my queen mine had a movie theater and a pizza place right next to it that had the thickest milkshakes damn yeah well I got one better my blockbuster was down the street from me so when I go to the end of my block all I had to do is cross the street into the little mini mall and it was blockbuster there it was Blockbuster, I think a Rite Aid there or something like that as well. Um, something like that as well. So, yeah. 
those were the days where you would you would get you would get the blockbuster stuff, you would get the popcorn and, and everything like that. And um, you know, do what it needs to do. <laughs> As Mark with Mike's says, Alderall and Coke is not a good mix for TK. Listen. Well, I don't know what is going on with that guy. Sometimes he has his good days. Sometimes he has his bad days. It's just the fact that he needs to get it together. Like, he needs to slow down. He needs help, of course. But he just needs to slow down and just figure out a game plan. Like, where do you want this to go? And come up with a plan B because your people keep getting injured and getting sick. Yeah, I mean? Um, so he he needs to he needs to get it together, of course. Um, the broadcast says I still have my VHS copies. I think I still have some VHS copies. I still have. You see, I got my Undertaker DVD. I think. Um, you know what? Oh my gosh, I'm about to hit y'all with something. I what I used to do was I would watch. Um, I would watch Raw and SmackDown and stuff, and I would record on VHS. I did every single Undertaker match and promo. I did one for Shawn Michaels. And so I had I had VHS tapes, pretty much like homemade VHS tape of like The Undertaker when he was feuding against Mankind with the Boiler Room Brawl and everything as well. Um, broadcast WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy on N64. Yeah. So, yeah, I must have played WrestleMania. I don't think I, did I played WrestleMania 2000. I may have played WrestleMania 2000, but I definitely did play No Mercy because my cousin had the N64. I didn't have an N64. I only had the PlayStation. I had the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, and the PlayStation 1. I didn't have PlayStation 2. I thought I did, but no. He had, a, he had, first of all, he had a Genesis, he had the N64, he had a Game Boy, he had Game, he had GameCube, I think, he had a PlayStation, he had a room specifically for all his damn gaming systems. And so a lot of the games on 64, I played when I would go to my aunt's house uh, during the summer. But yeah. This is the tangent of the week, of course, us talking about Blockbuster and old school video games and everything like that. Um, but yeah, as we sit here and talk about um, fucking Tony Khan booking Death Before Dishonor very late, I just, I feel like he just needs to figure out, like, what are you doing with Ring of Honor? What is the end game of Ring of Honor? You know what I mean? Is it going to start touring? You know what I mean? Is it all right, what are we doing with it? <laughs> you need to figure it the fuck out. Is it going to be important to you? Is it going to be on actual network TV and stuff like that? Like if, if he, if they decide, if Warner Brother wants to do more pay-per-views, then you can do, you can add Ring of Honor to it. Kind of like give, you know, if people, for people to pay, like, you know, kind of do what NXT does where Ring of Honor, where Ring of Honor have specials Every so often, you know what I mean, but it is what it is. Um, they also had talked about the how Saturdays with the Battle of the Belts, it um, because Battle of the Belts came on after Collision, the possibility of a three-hour dynamite. Uh, Tony Khan mentioned that it's an interesting question, and he mused about ways that they could use their existing hours of television time, but really didn't get into it. 
Um, and then another crazy thing that came out this week, uh, that AEW had a talent meeting prior to Saturday's collision. This is according to Fightful Select. That CM Punk led. CM Punk apparently led the meeting and focused on how collision can differentiate itself from dynamite. The guy who talks shit about your EVPs and whether he started a fight or not got into was got into a fight with EVPs. Now he got a show specifically about this guy, and now he's leading. He's leading meetings. I don't know about y'all, but if I got into a fight with the EVPs at a job and I sit there and talk shit about them in front of my boss, I probably will not have something in my name and appearance and then be able to lead meetings and stuff like that. So that's one of the biggest issues I have with Tony Khan about this whole being a fan is that you will show favoritism if you are a fan. Like if the like if the Undertaker sits there and starts talking shit about people in my company, and I cannot, you know, sit there and you know separate myself from the wrestling fan, I'll sit there and probably act the same way. But you have to decide if you're going to be a wrestling fan or if you're going to be a boss. You can't be a friend to your employees. You can't be, you know, you can be cool with them. You fired Leroy, like. You can't be that cool with them to where as though they disrespect you. He technically disrespected you because he talked about the EVPs that you hired and, you know, you hired and created this, this company with, and then he started a fight and all this other stuff. I mean, MJF did the same thing. Um, Tony Storm did it. I think Keith Lee did it at a certain point as well. The disrespecting to your face and you're still rewarding people for the disrespect. Now, yeah, granted that they were suspended and all that stuff. I feel like it's more likely that he had to do it, not something that he kind of wanted to do. I feel like he wanted to, you know, sweep it under the rug and pretend like nothing happened. But the fact that, you know, the person who disrespected your EVP sat there and got uh, two shows, two shows out of this for himself. And, um, you know, got to lead a talent meeting is crazy. Uh, Marks with Mike says the young bucks were WE bound, are WE bound when those contracts are up. We'll see how things go down. Like, it's, it's just crazy. Like, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where AEW ends up in five years, three years. We'll say three years, you know, with the way that things are going. CM Punk probably be an EVP at that point because the Young Bucks probably going to sit there and go along with Cody. I mean, look at what they did with Cody. Cody then sat sat there and left, made a name for himself, created their created their competition, and he's getting the whole documentary put on with it as well. So, but yeah, that's the dirt for the week of uh, this weird talent meeting. Um, that the dirt sheets mentioned that he had with the talent. Um, and it kind of went over what I kind of talked about as far as, um, with collision and dynamite that collision, you know, it should be similar to raw and SmackDown from back in the day where it's like, um, you know, for a collision to want to be the a show and dynamite wants to be the a show as well. And so it kind of makes the shows better. But I just found it weird that, um, you know, he got 
he got to lead a meeting, stuff like that. So then again, I really shouldn't be surprised because that's what happens from time to time. So let's get into our first main topic, which is look at them. Look at our new North American champion, Dirty Dom. Yes, he had help, okay? Yes, Rhea was the one who got him the win and everything like that. But you got to understand with Dirty Dom. You think this is a game to me? I served hard time. man went through hard times yo this man went to look look at his life okay this man look at the difference between dirty dom and cody rhodes okay tony Khan is doing way too much dick writing he's like andy from toy story whenever he gets a new toy well we have to definitely quote our boy stokely halfway the worst crime you can commit is dick riding without a license. Like, that's how our boy Tony Khan is. <laughs> He's like Andy from Toy Story. He is, whenever he gets a new, whenever someone, he can sign someone, he will sign them. Which scares me about the fact that he wants Goldberg. It scares me that he wants Goldberg. I don't know about that, you know? I don't I'm scared of Tony Khan having Goldberg on the show. Like he's gonna he I'm afraid that he's gonna give him Jay Cargill streak, throw a title on him and stuff like that, and get probably we'll probably have another show uh based off of Goldberg as well. But yeah. But look at our boy, look at Dirty Dom. Yes, as I was saying, let's look at the difference between Dom. And Cody, first of all, Dominic went to jail, smacked his father, told his mother, shut up, splash drink in his sister's face. And now he has the hottest woman in WWE with Rhea putting dirty Dom on her face and stuff like that. Uh, as Marks with Mike says, AEW gold rush. <laughs> It'll come on Sunday, Saturday mornings or some shit like that as well. But yeah, I, I don't want Gober anywhere near AEW or Tony Khan. I can only imagine what the hell is going to happen with those two. Um, but with Dominic, he got Rhea Ripley writing Dirty Dom on her face. She has a whole man at home and she got Dirty Dom on her face, holding his hand, whispering in his ear, you know, doing the hug and stuff like that and calling him her her latino heat and everything and he's around a group of people and now all of a sudden they're starting to get very popular and he won a title got his first well his first singles title win because he did get the tag team title with, with ray mysterio um you know it called his dad a deadbeat too and i forgot about that and now he has a title and here we have cody rhodes mr adversity came in you know american flag great family and everything like that talked about his dad how he's going to um win how he's going to win this for his dad and for his daughter and stuff like that um <laughs> that says you need to see the latest clip of Rhea responding to a twitter question i didn't see it 
I saw to I saw the alert, okay, because Twitter alerted me like, hey, this is the latest from Twitter. And I saw that she had responded, the WWE post of her responding to a Twitter question. I didn't check it out yet. WWE knows what they're doing, okay? Not only did they 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 have this, I'm I thought it was um I thought it was thirst thirst tweets. And so I was like, I'm gonna wait. <laughs> I'm gonna check this out when I can. I think I was about to drive when I saw when I saw it. Um, not only did they did this, but they did the whole scenario with her with uh, Samantha Irvin of her sitting right in front of her and flirting with her. Samantha's whole man is rustling as well. What's up, Get Joe? Thank you so much for tuning in as well. Um, <laughs> Devin says, all I'm saying is Buddy is in trouble. Buddy knows he's in trouble. That's why he's been sitting there smashing the keyboard every time Rhea Ripley sneezes. Okay, he's up in there like, that's my woman. She's mine too and everything like that. And I could only imagine now that every time he sees Rhea Ripley now on social media, he's just, what the fuck y'all got? Damn! God damn! Like seriously, seriously. Like he's crying. I like you can't even start arguments with her. Like what? You can't do anything. You know she sit. He sits there and tries to start argument with her. Like why did you have to do that? Like why you got to put his name on the back of your trunks like that? Why you got his name? You got people out here thinking that you know he's your man and they're sitting there doing it but he will always be a side dude <laughs> he's yeah he's the side dude and and every like he was the side dude to seth rollins when he was like the the thing dom is like sure buddy she's your girl <laughs> it's the craziest thing she has a whole man at home and Dom is just getting her to call him her Latino heat and everything like that. And she's getting dirty Dom written on the side. She's ringside with him and everything like that. Oh my goodness. It's just like the craziest thing. And then here we have Cody Rhodes, you know, American, you know, all American, you know, great smile, pleasant, you know, talk wants to do for his dad and for his family and everything like that. <laughs> Mark's listen, every all oh, now here we are with the um with the buddy with the buddy talk. Buddy is like Scotty Piffin <laughs> watching Lawrence. Oh my gosh. I think we all need to write Buddy a, a letter, you know. Oh my stop it marks with mike's buddy matthew is adam 22 if y'all don't know what that is it's past y'all bedtime <laughs> it is past your bedtime good night and see y'all to see y'all in the morning make sure y'all brush your teeth and take your vitamins oh my gosh i think we need to send buddy a care package you know just like <laughs> everybody's replying to what Mar Marks with Mike said. Listen, man, like Buddy Matthews, Buddy Matthews needs a buddy. He needs a shoulder to cry on, okay? 
Listen, I'm sure I'm sure Malachi Black is so fucking tired of Buddy in the back. Like, can you just tell can you tell your wife to just talk to her? Like uh, your wife works with her. You know, can you just tell can you tell Zelina to just tell Dom to just chill out? You know, like can you tell Zelina to just have a girl talk with Rhea Ripley? <laughs> you know, Malachi Black wants to kick the shit out of him. <laughs> it's like just leave my wife's name out of your mouth. He's <laughs> about to fucking Will Smith his ass. Like buddy needs a care package like he needs a support group you know he needs to go to fucking therapy because it's not like it's not like we reading about this in blogs or anything like that this is seen on tv on raw smackdown and now nxt yo like three times a week (laughs) yes I, I played it at the beginning of the episode. We're going to play it again. I'm built differently. Look, look at him. Standing right next to Rhea Ripley as well. You know, yes, Dom is the guy. Like, I, I didn't think that heel Dom would get over. I was like, he's too nice. It's not going to be believable. This man is the biggest heel in the company right now. He can't even cut a promo. Like, I thought that Roman Reigns was a good heel. He is a good heel. Devin, he's a good heel, okay, before you get started. But Dom can't even cut a fucking promo, no matter what city they go to. Even the cities where they normally sit on their hands, all of a sudden they come alive once Dom gets the microphone. It's the craziest thing. It's to the point that Rey Mysterio is just like there to the side. He's not even like, I mean, he was in, uh, he he don't even have a storyline. Rey Mysterio don't even have a storyline going right now. Whereas though Dom is on every single time this motherfucker got a title. And like I said, let me finish. Let me try to finish my thought because I keep we keep getting sidetracked. Here is Cody Rhodes, you know, family man, you know, married, wants to you know wants to do this for his dad and for his daughter Liberty, and he wants to just do the right thing. He wants to finish the story and everything, and instead he gets his ass beat by Roman Reigns. He gets his he gets he um gets his ass beat by Brock Lesnar, arm broken. You know what I mean? He had to wear a titanium, um, titanium cast and everything. And he didn't get the title. And now people want him to finish the story a whole year later. And even then, there's talks of him not even get to finish the story because he may go against Gunther. And there's people who even putting putting um other people to go against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40. And it's like, which like what is the message that's being told to us? It's being told to us, go to jail, you get the hot woman, and you get a fucking title, and you look cool as shit when you're doing it. (laughs) That is what's being told to us. Let's get back to the Dom and Buddy. Let's get to the Buddy Matthews talk. As Marks with Mike says, (laughs) Buddy Matthews definitely wearing the thong in the relationship, and Rhea definitely got Buddy to the ass. Dom is Trey Song's Mr. Steal Your Girl. Yes. Like, I don't know what the fuck Dom, 
I don't know what's I don't know what's going on. I feel like we're in a multiverse or something like that. Like whereas where Dom has gotten over as the biggest heel in WWE. It's the craziest thing. And now he has a title. And now he has a title. But of course they did tease that Judgment Day was going to break up and now they seem stronger together which I'm happy about because um we have the bloodline breaking up. Like I said earlier, we need to fill in that void, which I feel like you can kind of do that now with Judgment Day. Don't know what they're going to do with JD, if he is going to be a fifth member of Judgment Day or not, but we'll see from there. Um, Dom says, that's the story, yet WWE claims to be kid-friendly. Yes, this storyline with Dom somewhat not pg especially with rhea ripley rhea ripley um you know <laughs> if your daughter sits there and say she wants to dress like rhea ripley you're gonna have to say listen sweetie <laughs> let's watch let's watch little mermaid instead let's go watch barbie <laughs> but yes that is the story that wwe is telling us go you know disrespect your father splash warning his sister tell your mom to shut up go to jail and you come out with a title and you get the hot girl who has a whole fucking boyfriend at home that's what's being told to us i mean truthfully it's no different than teaching us when we were all teenagers about suck it and know your role and calling people jabroni stuff like that oh my gosh yeah, that got a lot of us in fucking trouble. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> Dom says, by the way, Mike says, Rhea definitely take a Buddy Matthews to pound town. That's why I don't even know if Buddy is tweeting anymore. Is he tweeting anymore? By the way, this is all payback for Buddy and Aaliyah. Oh, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> oh, Rhea. Oh, she got one over. I completely forgot about Buddy Matthews and, and Aaliyah. Oh, my gosh. That weird ass story that they tried to get over on us. Rhea Ripley's like, oh, yeah. You want to do an awkward storyline? I can do it better. <laughs> Come here, dirty Dom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Damn, I completely forgot about that story. Completely forgot about that story. Wow. But yeah, I'm happy for Judgment Day um, that, you know, we got Mr. Money, Senor Money in the Bank, Damian Priest, the level 79 archer. Of course, we got the dominant woman, Rhea Ripley, as the world heavyweight women's champion, I think her belt was. And then we got Dirty Dom, the NXT North American Championship. And all that's missing is Finn Balor. Where's Finn Balor going to get his time to shine? I guess we're going to have to see. It'd be very interesting if they take that title off of Seth and put it on Finn Balor. Because truthfully, let's all be honest, Seth Rollins really do not need the title to get over. That motherfucker is over just because it's the a day that ends in a Y. Um, Leo Bolden, thank you so much for tuning in. Coming in from Facebook. Dom, the second best heel in WWE. Dom is amazing. And there are people who are upset that Dom won. I am happy that he won. Like, he 
he's doing something. Like he is the biggest heel. He can go down to NXT and get booed out the wazoo as well. Um, especially what's going on with the main roster, a lot of things that's going down. Finn Balor definitely winning the World Heavyweight Championship at SummerSlam. Because they, yeah, there is the rumor out there that Judgment Day is going to slightly be the replacement for the bloodline since the bloodline is breaking up and everything like that. Um, like Leo said, Judgment Day is the success for, for the bloodline splitting. Yeah, there's a big void there. And you definitely need to fill it in. I think like, yeah, Judgment Day is going to be a successor, but is Judgment Day going to be strong enough to fill in such a big void? Like, look what the bloodline has done over the past two to three years, you know? Is the bloodline that good enough to fill in that void? Or, you know, you fill it in with bloodline, you got LA Knight, you know, coming along. Um... What else? I'm I'm missing something big. I mean, yeah, you got Cody Rhodes here as well. Like, you have to you have to start get things going as well, you know. To, I mean, we now of course the um, and I'll get into that recap of possibly new factions uh, coming along as well. But I am very happy for the Judgment Day and the success that they're going through and speaking of the bloodline we have you know another instance of the story that's breaking down between jay uso and roma reigns as of course jimmy uso got his ass beat by roma reigns and baby Uso and was sent to the hospital this time they didn't say medical facility like they normally do was the actual hospital um and is paul Heyman going to be there as well or is he going to walk around with a neck brace i think that may be what's going to happen roman reigns will be coming in this week on smackdown um as uh i forgot the way i forgot the way they worded it that it's going to be like some type of sit down or something like that or t- uh, discuss terms of engagement um this this week um as done by the family. And so, you know, Jay Uso came out. He's very upset the fact that Jimmy Uso was in the hospital and everything like that. And Solo sat there and told him, I'm not, I don't forgive you for what you have done. And Jay Uso sat there and pulled some, look at me, I'm the captain, by saying that he is the new tribal chief. So I don't know if this is, is this now technically the breakup? of the bloodline or is this going to be a new chapter of the bloodline for you know how we saw with marvel avengers you know we have a new captain america um iron man you know iron man you know is getting replaced possibly we have a new generation of avengers that's coming out is instead of the bloodline completely dissolving completely that we will have a new group of bloodline being head with Jay Uso as Roman Reigns take a much needed vacation and have Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa, and probably some new people coming along as the new bloodline. Who knows? Um, Leo Bolden says Imperium completely forgot about Imperium. I knew I was missing someone. Um, but they seem to be splitting soon, which is a shame. Um, that's something that WWE loves to do. WWE loves to break up, love the breakup factions and um, good tag teams. Not well, they stop with the with the tag teams, but they love breaking up factions, um, which kills me. But yeah, hoping that Imperium continues to stay strong. You know, hopefully this is just a tiff 
that they're having, you know, and then, you know, they come back together, just like we saw with the Judgment Day, that, you know, sometimes people argue, have bad days, you got to sit there and set their asses straight, and then just come together. But it would be very interesting as far as with the bloodline, if this is a new chapter of it, kind of like what we had with the Bullet Club. You know, have we had the Bullet Club led by Finn Balor, and then we have a new Bullet Club led by AJ Styles, and then Kenny Omega, and then Jay White. So this could be something that maybe WWE is trying to, you know, test with, because the bloodline is, a you know, very big very popular for WWE, just like the Bullet Club was very popular for New Japan. And it'll be very, it'll be a very interesting test to see, can they just simply replace the tribal chief of the bloodline and kind of keep things going? Because we have seen with Sami Zayn that no, you do not have to have the actual members of the Inawahi family, I believe it's pronounced. So you don't have to have the actual members of the family in order to be in the bloodline. Everybody was so happy about Sami Zayn being part of the bloodline as well. So you can have Jay, Jimmy, Solo, and maybe some other people coming in to be part of the new bloodline. But that would be very interesting if they do it that way. First of all, if there is a WWE insider, okay, please credit me with that fucking idea um, as well. Yeah, the bloodline is definitely one of the best ideas, best things that WWE have going for them for past three years. All the merchandising and, you know, the shirts that they had with the honorary Uso and everything and the twists and turns with the story and the excitement of, you know, Sami Zayn becoming the honorary Uso and then him turning on Roman and then Jay turning on Roman. It's just um, such a roller coaster that you kind of don't want it to be over. So be, I hope that they that's what they're doing, that they're starting a new chapter of the bloodline and that is going to be led by Jay Uso um, as well. And then um, the, uh, the last big topic for WWE, I kind of talked about it here, is with Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes as we are going towards the rubber match for SummerSlam. Of course, Cody wanting to um, continue the story, I guess, continue the chapter with this rubber match with Brock Lesnar as he wants to face him at SummerSlam. Was a slight, was some slight buzz out there that people are feeling a little bit tired that the same things are kind of happening as far as with Cody. Um, he's acting like Brock Lesnar didn't whoop his ass or stuff like that. He's sitting here saying he'll he'll fight Brock Lesnar every single day, which I get you want to show strength and everything like that, but the man puts you in a cast. You couldn't, you probably couldn't lift your baby for a good month or two. Do you really want to have that happen to you each and every time? Of course, it's going to feel like um, the way that it's going, that Cody is going to end up winning the feud between him and Brock. I don't know where he goes from here because so far they've been putting him against the bigger, the biggest heels that, of the company. So I'm very interested to see where he goes next from here as we are assuming he is working towards um 
Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40. So we have to figure out what is he doing after SummerSlam. Um, I don't know what I think. I don't know what they're doing with Survivor Series this year, if it's going to be war games again um, or not. But what is he doing leading up to Survivor Series? And then what is he doing leading up to the Royal Rumble? I'm hoping that we're not going to repeat with him winning the Royal Rumble. We already had that happen. I would love to see him win through Elimination Chamber, uh, win the number one contendership through the Elimination Chamber or something like that, that whoever wins the Royal Rumble will actually go after the World Heavyweight title instead of um, having Cody win it again and going against Roman Reigns. That's my only suggestion with that. But I am curious of who he's going to go against. Will they do Gunther next? Or are they actually going to hold off until um, WrestleMania at that point? Who knows? But I did did notice, though, that they are trying to, they're really ramping up Gunther as a heel because he did stand on top of the um, commentary, commentary table and started talking to the crowd and starting to get the crowd to boo for him. So I am curious if we're doing this because we want to keep him as a strong heel versus Cody Rhodes because there are people who do like Gunther including yours truly. And so I'm wondering if they're really trying to ramp up of him getting booed mainly so that if he is the next person to go against Cody Rhodes, there'll be more cheers for Cody Rhodes than cheers for Gunther as well. So very interested to see in that. But of course we got, you know, I don't know, Brock Lesnar kind of feels like he's just there at this point. Um, uh, Cody with the fucking meme walk, the why I oughta that he likes to do. I think he knows what he's doing. I think he purely does it because he knows that we're all going to retweet it and talk about it. So you're welcome, Cody. Um, of course, he was in, uh, they were in Atlanta. His mom was in the crowd. Um, he's getting his ass beat. Mama, mommy, you got it. You got to shed some tears or something like that. Um, <laughs> you're watching your baby boy get beat down. I know you know the inside and everything like that, but you know, yeah, you gotta put on a big show for us. Um, but yeah, Cody was getting beat down with the chair and everything like that, and Brock accepted the 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 match for SummerSlam, so we got that going. We're about what two weeks away, so I'm guessing next week Cody's going to come out because he's going to be upset at what Brock did to him and stuff like that. But I do find it weird that Brock Lesnar was doing the mind games. Normally, Brock Lesnar just comes out and want to whoop ass. So I found it weird that we were doing the whole mind games of him playing the music and then not coming out and then playing the music again and then not coming out. Tevis says she was not concerned. She was like, look, he he beat his ass, sweetie. Like, we already know what is going to happen. Um, she was not, she was not um selling the fact that he was getting beat up in front of her at all. Um, so yeah, she needs to uh we need her to cry or something like that. We need her to um, you know, do something. Instead of just standing there, I I don't remember if she had a smile on her face or something like that, but she was definitely just like standing there, not really, not really doing too much. So I just needed her to do um, a little, just do something. You know what I mean? Sell us on something. Let us know 
um, what is going on. Um, let her know what's going on. Um, so yeah, I wonder what's the, so we have that going. So we all are going to assume that Cody is the one who's going to win at SummerSlam and go on to possibly Gunther. I can't think of anybody else who's a big heel that they're going to put him against because that's what they've been doing is putting him against um, heels so far. Um, so to kind of also recap what's going on with um, Raw and SmackDown, um, we are working with uh, Asuka in the Women's Championship because we got Bianca and Charlotte Flair fighting over at who at who is going to get a title shot um, against Asuka as well. And we also had a... Um, we also had a match between Santos Escobar, AJ Styles, Butch, and Grayson Waller um, to go against the um, U.S. champion who they remembered, uh, which is um, Austin Theory. I forgot who the hell was the U.S. champion at that time. Uh, Marks with Mike says she is used to seeing her son get his ass whooped. She is immune to it at this point. <laughs> She's been watching it for years. She's she watched she did watch him go through the flaming table and everything like that, and the doll collar match as well. So she's just like you know, it is what it is. <laughs> just. Just let me know what hospital he's going to, you know, just let me know. Let me know if he's breathing, you know, he'll be okay. <laughs> he'll be okay. Um, but yeah, we got, um, I lost my train of thought, but yeah, we got, uh, Charlotte and Bianca, of course, feuding against who is going to get the title shot. Seems like we're going to have a triple threat match at SummerSlam, as you probably hear my girl cat Oreo meowing in the background. Um, we also have LA Knight, who is trying to get a, a shot at the U.S. Championship. Very cool if he is the one that will take the title off Austin Theory. Because it feels like that Triple H is just waiting, just wants to take a bench, just is just waiting for Austin Theory to lose the title so he can just go off into the sunset or something. I don't know what we're doing with Austin Theory, but he's just been kind of there. But we're going to have another Fatal 4-Way this week on SmackDown with Sheamus, Rey Mysterio. Here he is. Hello. Hi, Rey Mysterio. Cameron Grimes and LA Knight. So, of course, it seems like LA Knight is going to win that match. Um, who is going to get possibly a title shot against the U.S. Championship as well. Um, Shotzi Blackheart. I didn't see this part. I heard she cut her hair off because um, the EOS, uh, EOS guy and um, Bailey cut off a piece of her hair, which means I kind of felt that was going to happen that she was going to cut her hair or something like that. Because once they cut a little bit of hair, you know, that means the person's going to get a haircut or something. So she cut her hair. So I will see what she looks like now with the haircut uh, this coming up week. We also had um, the Street Profits. The street profits waiting around the parking lot for someone to show up in the limo. 
We didn't know who was coming up and Bobby Lashley comes out. So everybody's sitting here like, oh, is this becoming the new Hurt Business? This, that, and the third. I'm interested to see what's going to happen. They really don't have anything going right now for the Street Profits. They damn sure don't got nothing going for Bobby Lashley. Um, So I don't know if they're going to turn into a faction. We might as well have factions at this point with WWE because as we've seen factions works right now we got judgment day imperium um uh the bloodline of course factions that works the um brawling brutes as well was working for they were working for a moment as well so yeah start putting people in factions lwo as well like start let's let's Pull the AEW and start putting people in factions. Um, I don't know if they're trying to do a trios title. I don't think they should. Um, but yeah, start. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's just throw people in trios and stuff like that and kind of see where we go from there. Um, we also have new women's tag team champions. Um, we have the karens oh what's going on ivan from circle debate what's going on fams happy thursday first lady thank you so much um for tuning in thank you so much for tuning in be sure to check out circle of debate um as well please uh be sure to check out circle of debate as well um we also have, like I said, we also have new women's tag team champion as Sonya Deville and uh, Chelsea Green are the tag team t- uh, champions. As we saw that uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel got attacked um, by Rhea Ripley. I was about to say, um, I was about to say Ronda Rousey, but it was Rhea Ripley who did it. How can I forget that? Uh, it was Rhea Ripley who attacked um Liv Morgan and Raquel baby got back Rodriguez. And so they, the Karens, as people were calling them, worked on that and got the win from there. So I'm hoping that they'll do more with the titles. I think if I heard correctly, Liv Morgan is actually injured. Um, So Instead of playing, you know, hot potato partner with Raquel and bringing in Shotzi again or Natalia or whoever at a certain point to be her tag team partner, you know, let Liv Morgan hopefully recover from an injury. Let's, you know, yes, put Raquel in the, you know, title shot of a feud with uh, Rhea Ripley as well and just kind of go from there. Um, And then we have an inch like, You know, sometimes in the world of wrestling, we have, you know, things like what happened between Logan Paul and Ricochet, where Ricochet flipping over the top rope and stuff like that. We had an incredible Money in the Bank match with all the spots with the ladders and stuff like that. And here we are having a headlock takedown get put over so much with american alpha um and a hip toss too got put over as well um we had a segment we had a match between them where it was a um it was a viking rules match which we seen happen with 
the Viking Raiders and New Day. We saw that happen before. I have to admit, I did not check out this match. Um, so if it was good, sorry. Um, I should be interested in this feud because it's, you know, I, I am a big, I'm the biggest fan of Chad Gable. Otis, you know, Otis is something special, of course. And, you know, but I don't know. I think it's it's the Viking Raiders have been ruined for me with the whole Viking experience and stuff like that. And so where I like I want I it like this feud I want to love it and I thought it was cool you know with Maxine getting you know put over with everything like that um Devin says that ma the match was fire which I figured but I didn't check it out I forgot what I was doing I forgot what I was doing at that point um I probably was cooking or something but yeah I want to get in I want to get into the feud and everything um and i did check out her little graduation and everything like that and her getting put over but i don't know the viking raiders just kind of got ruined for me and and they were so good and nxt and everything like that and they just became like a shell of what they were and they're coming back around you know under triple h and everything but i don't know i, I probably will check out this match on youtube or something i know they put it on youtube so i'll probably check it out i don't know where they're gonna go from here as far as the um feud with these two but i will check it out um we also had the segment between Shayna baszler and ronda rousey with Shayna sitting there like telling ronda rousey off and everything like that and the hubs showed me this TikTok and I'm about to ruin it. I'm about to ruin the whole segment for you guys with it. But someone pointed out how about how Shayna Baszler sounds like Naruto. They played the segment of her telling Rhonda off during Monday Night Raw with her telling Rhonda about herself. And then they played the segment with Naruto. And she does sound just like fucking Naruto. And I know that I can never unhear it, but the that's that promo that Shayna cut was fire. I mean, she pretty much said what we were already thinking. Uh, Marks with Mike says injuries messed up the Viking Raiders. It did, it, it did, and so did the booking with them as well. They could have been like so much more, um, but I'm hoping maybe they get you know they get revamped, kind of like with the brawling brutes. I wasn't really a fan of the brawling brutes it felt a bit it was like it felt a little stale to me but then you know then came along their feud against aperium and i was like hype about it and everything like that so maybe it's just that once we once they get into a feud that really like kind of explodes off the screen for me i'll probably get into it uh devin said shana didn't have to cook her like that shana listen shana took her to town and then Rhonda sat there and cut a promo to go against her. And you can clear. <sighs> Rhonda Rousey has been in movies, ladies and gentlemen. She was in Fast and Furious. And I don't know what it is, but when she acted in the movies, she did a lot better than she did in WWE. She sounds like she is reading lines off of a script like a third grader in a school play. 
that's how she sounds like and it baffles me because it's like she had lines to recite in these movies like she has acting she like she has some type of acting skills in order for her to do this and she came across with like conviction in these movies stuff like that and i get like it's live tv but you could like practice backstage or something i don't get why she sounds like she's just like trying to recite the uh capitals of the united states or something like that um tevin says yeah i saw that on tiktok Oh my gosh. When I saw that on TikTok, I'm like, I can never listen to Shayna Baszler talk again because I'm going to hear Naruto. Um, but yeah, Shayna took her to town. And I guess Rhonda's supposed to be the face, but technically we're going to cheer for Shayna Baszler because Shayna Baszler sat there and told her all the things that, you know, all the things that we felt. So. Sorry, sorry. Um, I'm a big anime head too. I like. Well, I have a. I don't watch as many animes, but I know of Naruto and everything like that. I watch some Naruto. My kids watch Naruto as well, <clears throat> and I watched it, of course, back in the day too. But, oh my gosh, I never, I never made the correlation that she sounds like Naruto until I saw that fucking TikTok. So y'all can look it up. Y'all probably can just Google Shayna Baszler, Naruto, or just watch Naruto, just watch Naruto talk and then just watch that, that segment again. And you will not, you will not unhear it. You'll never unhear it. You'll hear Naruto every single time she fucking talks. Um, but that is it for a, um, WWE. As we have, like I said, we got the um, Fatal 4-Way match for the U.S. title. We have um, another a sit-down between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso as well. And then we're figuring out what the fuck is going on with Asuka with her title. If it's going to turn into a triple threat match or what. Um, so let's head on over to... AEW with the I'll start off with the recap of things that I'm not going to talk about which is first of all the boy is no longer a man Jungle Boy is no longer Jungle Boy that boy is Jack Perry and he got he has a grown man outfit on he has grown man music and he is a grown man um and he went against Hook fucking surprised the shit out of me that he won he beat hook and i'm glad that the commentators mentioned it that he is the first person to defeat hook hook has been undefeated this whole time and jungle boy beat hook won the ftw title the funniest thing was taz damn near came out of retirement he was hot for most of the night, yo. He was hot. He he was ready to come out of retirement and was ready to whoop Jack Perry's ass. I mean, that is a that's dad. That is dad energy right there, okay? He's like, you going to sit there and beetle my boy right in front of me and then take the title that I created, that I made famous 
and gave to my boy and you sat there and took it from him and now you got a shit eating grin on your face so yeah it was oof taz is about to come out of fucking retirement on us yo um and then we had the uh check off the checklist women's match with Britt baker now i did see that they said she will be in action which means that she will go against a jobber but i really didn't expect uh a 30 second match with him uh dom said i would have been too if i was him for many reasons yes like i i was cracking up because taz was hot when that match went down i mean I would love to see the uncut version of of how he felt and what he wanted to say as well about that. Um, But yeah, but I'm surprised that, well, I shouldn't be surprised because that's kind of what happens is that um, we get the, this 30 second women's match that, was pretty much check off the list to have a women's match on dynamite. Um, uh, Mark Swift, Mike says, watching your son getting his ass beat is wild. It is wild. Look, like, look at, look at his reaction to hook getting beat versus, um, Cody's mom getting like Cody got beat down worse than hook did which is what I'm uh, confused about. Oh, wrestling. Um, seeing what how Taz reacted versus how Cody's mom reacted. Cody's mom was like, okay, well, you know, it, it is what it is. He got hit by a chair. Oh, well. Whereas though... Jack Perry, if I remember correctly, Jack Perry uh believed to use the title, but um I believe he just used the title to win. But he was just using regular, he was using regular wrestling moves and everything like that, and won the title, and Taz was ready to come out of fucking retirement to whoop Jungle Perry's ass. But with Britt Baker, um, you know, she just had the 30-second match. I'm not understanding what is going on here. We now have talented women on your roster. We have women from WWE on your roster, and we are only getting a 30-second match. I understand that, you know, we had the Blood and Guts match, which I figured would take up the second hour of the show and everything. But, you know, backstage segments, I don't know. Like, we could have had a little bit more. As far as the women's division, because uh, we kind of have the same energy when it comes to collision and rampage, stuff like that. We just kind of like just throw the women out there like you're really giving you're really giving the divas the butterfly um, title, um, you know, part of the of WWE here um, with barely giving women anything. Tony Khan, if you're listening, please book your women's division better. You're welcome to hire me. I will help you with the women's division, you know, at least get two matches on there. I mean, got Britt Baker going against a jobber. What does that do for this storyline with the outcasts? I don't think she has yet had any interaction with the outcasts since Jamie Hayer got hurt. 
I think it's just been between Willow, Willow and them, and um, it was someone else that they've been beefing with. But I think Britt Baker has been kind of put to the side since Jamie Hayter got hurt, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I'm just very confused about all that. So let's get into the big topic of AEW, one of the big topics of AEW, and that is Better Than You, Bay Bay, the um, true best friends of AEW right now. I mean, forget about Trent Beretta and the other one, which I should remember his name because he is from Philly, but forget about those best friends. These are the new best friends here as we got um as we get more vignettes of them going out to eat and having drinks and stuff like that and getting drunk and double clotheslining the um owner and everything. Uh Devin says if we start getting two <laughs> women's matches, I will no longer AEW. If we start getting two women's matches, I will no longer AEW trash. Like we just need we just need more than like we just need something more on a weekly basis. He was kind of doing well with the story with the outcast stuff like that. They at least got something here. But um I don't understand where the disconnect is, especially if you're a wrestling fan. Um Marks with Mike says AW Heels is going to be the next show on Friday at 6 p.m. on True TV. Hidden away, they're not they're not even going to promote it. I bet you we'll find out about it solely from the dirt sheets. I'm sure of it. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that we do a little bit more with um the women. Chuck Taylor, thank you, Dom. Chuck Taylor, uh, they were BFFs until Cole got a hold of the triple three. Yep, I'm still mad we didn't get a woman's blood and guts. I'm hoping we get the women's blood and guts come all in. That's what I'm hoping for. That we get a women's mat, that we get the women's blood and guts at all in. That I'll accept the fact that you want to say that Jamie Hader got hurt, that you wanted to have, you know, the um outcast and two others with, you know, Jamie Hader, Britt Baker, Willow, um, uh sky blue and Riho. I think that's I think that's the ones who are all involved with the outcast. I'm fine with that. You know, if that's what your plan was. Jamie Hader got hurt. You want to hold it off until all in. I'm fine with that. I'll take that bet first lady. <laughs> like listen, we need they need to pay more attention with the women. We just just two two women's matches, okay? You want the second one to be 30 seconds, you know, a squash match to kind of put over said person, kind of like what we sometimes do in WWE where we have a squash match, especially with almost and beer or whatnot. Fine, I'll take, I'll take that um, compromise. But at least have a full-fledged women's match here, okay? Because I'm sure we could have cut out something or cut something down to put in another women's match. Truthfully, we could have cut down the uh, blood and guts match. Um, we could have cut that match down five minutes. You know, we could have cut that match down five minutes. Put on a second women's match. Boom. The second match could have actually been a match that actually involved a few. 
from there. So that's what I'm hoping that we have here. But we have the actual best friends. Of course, uh, Chuck Taylor was the other one. I was thinking Chuck, but I forgot his last name. But we have the legit best, the the as of now best friends, I should say, with them eating eating together and drinking alcohol or sake. I'm sure it should it was actually the guy said alcohol i was like well you should have said just sake because i think that's what they were given but anyway they started bonding with each other and everything like that and they went and clotheslined the owner and whatnot double clothesline and that i said this um if you guys didn't check out the aw watch along with tim king um with tim king and the bloodline definitely check that out because i mentioned that AEW is known for their flippy flips, like, you know, blood, flip, ladder, chair, this, that, the third. And the biggest thing that is being put over is a double clothesline. The 1987 finisher, a double clothesline, got put over to the point that the crowd is popping for it and is like heartbroken when it doesn't happen that's where that's what is happening that it got it's getting put over double clothesline so yeah so um we had the um <clears throat> ooh, we had the tag team eliminator match terminate uh thing that we didn't see brackets for that tony Khan kind of put together specifically for this story of Adam Cole and MJF. And they had a segment backstage together where MJF mentioned that they have um, matching gear. They have matching trunks and matching uh, jackets. And Adam Cole says, I have another surprise for you. And MJF was like, what's the surprise? What's the surprise? And pretty much um, Adam Cole has solidified and we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Like, they're they're best the best of friends. Merge the theme songs, ladies and gentlemen. That was the surprise. There is a whole theme song now for Team Better Than You, Bay Bay, which I actually popped for that because I didn't expect that. I thought it would have been something else. Um, I didn't expect for them to have, I thought it would have been a special entrance for them together, but I didn't expect a new theme. And so I'm like, okay, you know, this is, this is interesting. And we see they come out and they're going against um, Danny. He got hips Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Um, as Marks with Mike says, AEW need a Sable and Jacqueline to get the ratings up. I know what that meant, sir. I watched that live. I remember. I remember that feud. That feud changed a lot of people's lives. <laughs> that feud changed a lot of people's lives. If you don't know what that feud is, you're either too young to know, you're either new to wrestling, or it's past your bedtime. It is past your bedtime. But I remember that feud. I remember the exact moment you're talking about, sir, uh, which changed Jerry the King Lawler's life as well. Uh, Tevis said, boys became men for the feud. <laughs> there was a lot of discussions that parents had to have with their kids because of that. <laughs> 
definitely the Cinemax version of WWE feuds right there. <laughs> it was a lot of lives changed. <laughs> I don't know what Warner Dis Warner uh Warner Brothers Discovery going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sable and the Jacqueline feud. Oh man. Wow. That really <laughs> that really brought it back, yo. But yeah, AEW needs they need something. They need they need something. And you would think for Tony Khan to be such a historian, something like that, that he will know moments and feuds that will get things going. Like, yeah, what really did it for the women, of course, was that feud. But also having people like Trish, thank you, Trish, Lita, you know, AJ, Lee, of course, just women out there who were out there killing it. Sasha Banks, the four horse women. Um. Even if you want to go all the way old school with Mae Young and Alundra Blaze, and if you go outside of WWE to WCW, or even if you go to Impact, NWA, um, Stardom as well, there's a lot of things that you could pull from as a wrestling fan. So, you know, I, it really confuses me that he sits there and calls himself this wrestling historian and how you always talk about, well, in order to work with me, you have to know your wrestling and this, that, and the third. You have to be able to know who this person is and who that person is. Like, yeah, bro, but you need to really get all sides of the division together. Like, you you're, you love your tag teams and your factions and stuff like that. Um, but you need to care about the women's division as well. Um, but yeah, so we have, um, so first of all, because Daniel Garcia loves to move the hips, we had a little bit of a thing between him and MJF, which cracked me up. And then we had a dance off. Which, first of all, I'm still I'm waiting for the dirt sheets to sit here and say that Vince McMahon was backstage at this dynamite. Because not only we got a 30-second women's match here, we also had a, a full-on dance-off. At first, I was cool with the hips going and stuff like that. And then MJF goes and turns on music. And of course, they turned on the lights and everything like that. And I was like. I don't know how to feel about this, honestly. <laughs> Devin said he loved the dance off. Listen, I so I'm conflicted because I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. But it's like, I don't know. Like, would we have loved it if um if Sammy, if Sammy Zayn and KO, if this was if this happened in WWE, you know what I mean? Like, would I feel the same way? Like, if Sami Zayn and if Sami Zayn and KO had a full-on dance-off, Devin says he liked goofy wrestling, and I do too. You know, I'm I'm conflicted with it. I'm conflicted with it because it's like if this if this happened, because I always ask myself if this happened in WWE, would I still like it or would I complain about it? But I enjoyed it. I did. I I did enjoy it um, because it's craziness. First of all, that MJF is so over as a fucking face. Like he is, he has such a punchable face, but at the same time, it's like, yo, he's such a cool guy, which is crazy. Um, 
I, first of all, Daniel Garcia in the dance takes me out every time. <laughs> I was in tears with him, okay? With him, with the hip action. Um, the And then the thing that got me was Adam Cole dancing. And that's what conflicted me because I'm like, Adam Cole, we need serious heel Adam Cole. And we're getting the goofy Adam Cole right now. And I'm like, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I'm really enjoying, you know, MJF and Adam Cole, but I cannot wait for us to get serious, cut a promo on you and, you know, slice you up with my words, heal Adam Cole. Um, Devin says, knowing me, I would have loved in WWE. Hell, I love the Mark Dupree character for night. <laughs> like, it really depends on who they did it with. Like, with FTR, and that Usi hot, I did not like that. You know what I mean? But um, the way that the dance-off was, like, I was entertained. I was sports entertained by the dance-off. But I just want, I want serious, I want serious Adam Cole. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really enjoying this Better Than You Baby tag team. But I'm sitting here, like, I, I guess it's, I, I guess it's that I'm not trusting of Tony Khan with the booking. Like, I'm hoping that all of this is going to lead us to heal, serious, undisputed error, like cut a promo like he did against multiple people, Adam Cole, when we have been getting nice, you know, pleasant, I, you know, the kiss the girl, stuff like that, Adam Cole. And it's like, I know, like, we've seen, we seen Adam Cole at a peak, you know what I mean? And I'm hoping that we will get that person in AEW. That's all. I think that's what it mainly is. I'm not trusting of the the booking of where this is going to go. Adam Cole, uh, Devin says, Adam Cole is playing MJF. I feel like he is. And I'm enjoying the feud. And I kind of don't want it to be over just because All Out is coming along. Because they did tease it uh, um, when they did win. Adam Cole was staring at the world title a little bit too long and MJF got upset about it. So they did tease that they could, you know, break up, which I'm hoping that they don't do because I am enjoying this, this tag team between them two. Um, and we also had, um, the funny thing is with, um, Roderick Strong, I feel bad for Roderick Strong, Roderick Strong walking, trying to run behind them after the interview with the neck brace he reminded me of Zack Ryder when John Cena had kissed um, Eve. What's his name? Eve? What her name? Eve? Yeah. When he kissed Eve. And you and then they looked and Zack Ryder was in the wheelchair with the neck brace. And that's what Roderick Strong reminds me of. Just like, he just wants a friend. He just wants his friend. <laughs> you know, and here, here his friend frolicking in the fields with MJF, really just the real life meme of the SpongeBob running around with Patrick. <laughs> if y'all know what I'm talking about, but yeah, I am enjoying better than you, baby. Um, I'm hoping, and I said this last night during the um, Bloodlines AEW review, um, Devin says, you could see the slight character change from MJF. Like he did a suicide dive. He did a suicide dive. Our guy left off his feet through the ropes. 
I popped for that. And the hubs even um and Hubs was shocked by it too because he didn't think he was going to do it, but we were shocked that he actually did a suicide dive and he did it well. He did a really good suicide dive. Yes, Adam held the ropes for him, but he did a really good suicide dive. I'm proud of him. The part that got me so hard was when Daniel Garcia was beating down Adam Cole in the um, corner and the ref was trying to break him up. And Daniel Garcia starts aggressively rocking the hips towards the ref. And the ref just runs off. And that killed me. I don't know why. It maybe made me think of a fucking toddler just being upset because you told them no. And then you just see the toddler just rocking the hips all aggressively, like, no, no. <laughs> Y'all will not see that. Now y'all will never unhear that whenever Daniel Garcia does the hip action. I don't know what he called. I don't know if he calls that move anything, but the hip action kills me every time he does that. Um, but yeah, so now MJF and Adam Cole now has a title shot and FTR comes out. You can tell FTR is pissed off. I think they are going to actually lose the belts. I think they've been told you're going to lose the belts because they came out pissed off and everything. And um, I think I, for, I forgot which FTR it was. Um, if it was Cash or Dax, but one of them was like, you need to play our music. We're the damn t- ch- uh, champions. But nope, you guys are not the popular ones. The fans are not the ones cheering for you guys. So it's going to be better than you, baby, all the way. So <clears throat> What I'm hoping happens with this tag team is that we have CM Punk hanging out there. He has a bag with a title in it. We know he's going to call for a title shot because he got two shows. He got two shows for him. He's leading meetings and everything like that. It's a matter of time before he's eating a muffin, sitting next to Tony Khan, calling for a title shot. I'm hoping, and if there, if Tony Khan's listening, or if there's an AEW insider, you're welcome. I think CM Punk gets his title shot all out Chicago, MJF. Adam Cole helps MJF retain because Adam Cole wants to be the one that beats um, MJF for the title. So better than you, baby. Adam Cole helps MJF retain turning fully heel and then they find and then we'll keep them together until we come up towards full gear um and then adam cole gets his title shot at full gear uh devin says it was dex that called out tony talking about talking about disrespectful yeah i think dax is the one who's always been complaining i think dax is the one who complains on the podcast too about tony and the booking and all this other stuff and how they want to go to we and all this other stuff okay yeah so it was dax that did it um <clears throat> but i think they are about to lose the titles that mjf and adam cole are about to win the tag team titles and i'm hoping that's what happens that they stay tag team tag team um stay as a tag team cm punk gets his title shot loses in chicago thanks to adam cole and mjf um and then keep them keep them going keep everything going between them two and then let it all start falling apart and then come full gear boom adam cole versus mjf for the title and then have adam cole win there be fully heel 
make it a double turn because we've seen MJF. He can get over as a face. And we see that Adam Cole, of course, when he's a heel, he's a good heel and he is liked. And so, yeah, let's do the double turn at that point and have MJF um, become the the face and Adam Cole kind of technically um, be the heel. So now we, um, the only thing too is I know I'm calling for Adam Cole and MJ, uh, Adam Cole and MJF to be the titles, but I'm hoping it's going to be like, I'm hoping that is going to be hard for them to win this match. Cause I said this in WWE and I said it in the AEW that makeshift teams that come, that suddenly come together should not easily beat tag teams who have been tag teams for years. FTR has been tag team for years. They have great chemistry and everything like that. They know each other thinking and stuff like that. It shouldn't Adam Cole and MJF should not easily beat FTR. It should take the, it should be very, it should be hard for them to defeat FTR, but we'll see how the match goes. Um, from there and then finally we get to the reunion of the golden elite golden lovers as we have the much weighted debut of coda who was the last person to come into the ring we had blood and guts here i completely forgot the rules of blood and guts i thought all five men start off in the ring together I don't know where I got that from, but each man comes out separately. I think 90 seconds to um, or two minutes apart. Um, we started off with um, Kenny Omega and Claudio. And then we had the bastard come out next. Or was that, or was that John? I completely, for, I completely forgot the, um, the way it went out. I think, it, no, I think it was. Pac, who came out second, third, I mean. We had Pac came out third, then Hangman Page, and then we had John Moxley, and then we had one of, uh, then we had the Young Bucks come out, Wheeler Yuta, and then the much-weighted return of Coda. And <clears throat> yes, Coda wasn't six, you know, 10, 10 abs and stuff like that. He had, this man hasn't wrestled for what, maybe almost a year I think it has been since he last wrestled so yes he has a little bit of weight on him he's not like doing top-notch moves or anything like that I don't know why people had such high expectations for a person who really hasn't who hasn't wrestled for a while normally when people hasn't wrestled for a while there's a bit of rust it's not like if it's not like you can go out there and just put on a wrestling match just to put on a fucking wrestling match it's not like you know I know there's people who have wrestling rings in their backyard and stuff like that. So I was fine with it. I actually realized that this is this is the perfect time for Coda to kind of come back to be put into a multi-man tag match where the attention is on him because of his debut, but not exactly on him because of all the craziness that's going on. Now, I have such a big issue with the production of AEW Dynamite because the camera the production team was missing camera shots. First of all, we missed the shot of Coda and Kenny actually like reuniting because when Coda came out, 
Um, first of all, John Moxley's fucking crazy. Uh, he had um he had Kenny's hand on a bed of nails and he was stepping on the hand, telling Coda to come on and attack. And Coda saved his man and he helped Kenny up. And I saw that and the camera cut away. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Go back. They're like seeing each other, like they're interacting for the first time. And then it like they missed it. They also um missed the the ending of this match was very weird with Moxley surrendering, surrendering, and the camera completely missed that as well. Um, first of all. Yes, too many commercials. Now, they were doing a lot of commercials before this match happened. And I said, I bet you they was doing that because when Coda comes out, they kind of want to be a little commercial free. But then they kept going to commercial picture in picture. And at one point, there was no picture in picture. And I'm like, okay, so we're kind of like missing this match here. I don't know if Warner Brother Discovery realized that Coda was coming back. And so they sat there and told Tony you know, put on 50 commercials each minute or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was way too many commercials during that match. And it really like broke up the flow of your enjoyment with the match because things would kind of get going. And then it went picture in picture and you have to put on your glasses and stuff like that in order to see what was going on. Um, but a lot of craziness that has hap- that happened. We had the um, bed of nails, which fucking john moxley's just like crazy um we had glass as well we had thumbtacks raining from above we had tables we had chairs we had a trash can as well we had handcuffs like craziness first of all i think this is the longest that john moxley has went in a match without bleeding I thought he was going to bleed immediately as soon as he stepped in there. I thought he was going to trip, you know, fall on the the cage or something like that or fall on a on a rope or something like that and immediately start bleeding. But no, he I think he actually made Hayman uh, Page bleed before he started bleeding. But yeah, I was completely shocked that um, I was completely shocked that he didn't bleed that much from the get-go but the glass part everybody's getting slammed in the glass um the bed of nails like you sick fuck like seriously you are sick what else we had the thumbtacks running up oh my gosh them um i think it was matt i think it was matt and wheeler yuda that was on top of the cage that made me nervous as fuck because they teased a suplex off of the top of that bad boy um, but Yuta Wheeler was like, I do not get paid that much for this and said, nope, and got his ass right down. Um, an interesting thing though, that we had happen, it was like beef between Pac and Claudio to the point that Pac at the end of the match was like, why the fuck am I fighting alongside of you? I'm the, I'm out of here. Fuck it. I'm out. And so at that point, um, you know, the Golden Elite friendship uh, avails all. So we had, they were winning. And then uh, Don Callis comes out and says, Kesha, we're not going to get a loss on your record. And then he leaves. And then I think at this point, Wheeler Yuta was getting choked out by a chain or something like that. And then Mox just decides to surrender, which 
that don't make any sense to me. Um, I, I didn't get the I didn't get that finish at all because I'm like Mox is the one who talks so much shit about not giving up and how he's willing to die and bleed and all this other stuff. I mean, he bleeds like every single time he blinks, but he willingly surrenders in a match. Like y'all, especially when y'all was with um William Regal, y'all talk about how you guys are going to, you know, go through this pain and you know, y'all, you know if you bleed together before y'all um stand next to each other and all this other stuff and then you just surrender you don't even tap or anything like that you just sit there and say hey hey we're done which i'm confused about that i'm very confused about that um so i don't get that at all and i don't know if we're gonna get an explanation for it on saturday or next week or something like that but i didn't get that at all I really didn't get that. So we'll see what happens with um, the Golden Lovers. Um, if this leads to a tag team match with them at All In or what. Um, is I don't I didn't see if Tony Khan tweeted out that Kota is all elite or if this is just a one time appearance from him. I didn't uh, I didn't check uh, Tony Khan's Twitter page after that. but. Overall, it was a good match. It was just that finish was very wonky. Um, I didn't get that finish at all. It really didn't align with BCC and the way that they built themselves, especially with John Moxley. This is the guy that bleed. He he got slammed on a bed of nails, you know, and he didn't give up. He got slammed on glass, didn't give up, you know, bleeding profusely didn't give up so i'm not understanding like what's going on here um because people quit on him so i don't know you really got to convince me as to why we had that happen you know so um but like i said can't wait to see what happens with the golden elite this was just a one-time thing or if we're going to continue on with something else it seems like that is the end of the feud between these two teams. So now we are working towards all in slash all out. I'm hoping Tony Khan is able to handle having to book for two pay-per-views back to back. I'm hoping this isn't going to turn into another ring of honor thing or what happened with forbidden door where things were happening last minute because he was forgetting what was going on. So fingers crossed for that. Um, but yeah. That's it for the Russell Breath podcast. Before I start with the social medias, first of all, to let y'all know that we got some hot ass merch. Yes, look at that red. Oh, the camera's this way. Look at this red. Isn't this red fire? Look at that lion. You know, if you want to be acknowledged by the world, let everyone know that you are the bomb.com. Be sure to check out our merchandise, bloodlinenetwork.merch. And as you see, we got different colors. We got different type of shirts. We got men's shirts. We got women's shirts. We got V-necks for those who like to be a little spicy. We got the tank tops for the ones who want to show the guns in the sun. We also got want little ones for the babies. Don't forget your babies. You want to be a matching family. I be seeing y'all up at the shore with the matching outfits and everything. Make sure y'all acknowledge at the shore as well. Get the ones little get the ones for get the onesies for your ones. I messed that up. 
but that's okay. Get the onesies for your ones. And we have beach towels. As Devin says, get your ass off that hot ass sand. 90 degrees this week here in Philly. And yes, that sand is going to be hot when I go to the shore sometime this fucking summer. But get the beach towels and make sure you are acknowledged always. Listen, wearing wrestling shirts, you somebody will misunderstand. I wore a Latino heat shirt at a supermarket and the woman was like, you know, it should say Latina. Like women can, women have heat too. She didn't even understand what was going on, but still she she she'll remember it. So if you sit there and wear your blood and I, I wore like mom three, six, shirts stuff like that and i got compliments from it so wear your bloodline shirt and people will start to acknowledge you they'll sit there and say yo you're a lion i'll acknowledge you you never know you want to go to the grocery store and get acknowledged by a complete stranger that pumps up your ego that makes you feel better that gets you a better day and if you want that be sure to check out the bloodline merch get this hot ass red shirt right here Look at that. I like red. Red's my favorite color, if you don't know. Get that red shirt. We got red, black, white, I think gray as well. And look good this summer and in the fall as well. And we got other things too. We got notebooks. We got mugs and everything like that. Go to bloodlinenetwork.com slash merch and check it out as well. And be sure to go to the website bloodlinenetwork.com like i said we are a group of amazing people a group of amazing people new shows coming out we have shows coming out and we for you nfl ufc mma wwe aew new japan um i'm missing a, a, the indies yeah you know i mean a lot okay fantasy football fantasy baseball um we talk about entertainment movies we have gaming as well too we have new shows coming out with interviews as well we have shows that's coming out about mental health we have shows about old school baseball if you are a fan of that go to bloodlinenetwork.com and be sure to check out amazing articles we have a lot of great writers out there who are putting out content daily so this isn't a check it out once a week type of situation check it out every single day as well and if you're on youtube be sure to like and subscribe punch the like button okay you know don't give up like fucking john moxley subscribe hit the bell so that when you come when we come out with amazing content you can hop on in and check it out as well my name is jd the first effing lady you can find me on Twitter at JDC137. You can also find the podcast at Russell Bread as well. If you enjoyed me, I am here every Thursday, L-I-V-E live. Yeah, every Thursday at 9 p.m. EST. If you're watching this back, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for the best chat okay out here as we always go on a tangent so even if you're not a wrestling fan still come in we have a good time you see we talked about blockbuster we talking about things that change people's lives up in here as well last week we were talking about power rangers so come in and have a good time you know you never know what tangent we're gonna go off on and if you are a fan of video games we have gaming with the bloodline first of all yours truly late night gaming with jd 
every Monday at 11.15 p.m. EST. So after you check out Monday Night Raw, 15 minutes, hop, hop, hop on the Twitch page and you can check me out as well. We just finished playing Detroit Become Human. Be sure to go to my Twitter my Twitter for either JDC137 or the podcast. There is a poll going up right now and it will, hap- it will pop up on... Um, the Facebook and the Instagram as well. I might throw something on TikTok, who knows? But there is a poll out there going on of what the game I should start playing on Mondays. We just finished Detroit Become Human, um, which was so much fun. Um, I have a poll out there. What's the next game? It will either be uh, God of War, the 2018 version, Last of Us, Arkham Asylum, Don't Come For Me. I started playing it, didn't finish it, so I'm, that's why it's on there. Same thing with Last of Us. I played like maybe 30 minutes of it, stopped to play something else. And then the fourth game was, um, what was the fourth game? I have it written down. Horizon Zero Dawn. No, these are games that I did not play. Yes, I still consider myself a gamer because I am one of those people that start and stop things. So these are games I didn't finish. So be sure to tune in on Mondays to see what game we're going to play next. Tuesdays, Star Wars Tuesdays, 10.30 p.m. I am currently playing Jedi Survivor. So if you watch NXT, check out NXT 30 minutes later. Hop on the Twitch and watch me play as well. And on the flip side, we have the Tribal Chief gaming with the Tribal Chief Devin as he plays Destiny 2. If you are a fan of Destiny 2 first-person shooters, be sure to check him out on Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 30 a.m. EST as well. We all have a good time going out there as well. And if you are on the Twitch, be sure to follow. We hit 50 followers, ladies and gentlemen. We are trying to get to affiliate. We need your guys' support. Be sure to check us out on the Twitch channel as well. Um, Also, be on the lookout on the social medias. I am going to start doing a series called About the Holes um, where you can ask me question anonymously i'll throw it out on the streams don't be a fucking weirdo though and i will answer questions about myself whether that is um whether that is um about gaming wrestling or whatever but yeah so be sure on the lookout for that that is coming to all the socials as well but Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And like I said, be sure to check us all out, bloodlinenetwork.com. Check me out on the socials and everything like that. And thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, guys, peace. You're listening to the Russell Bread Podcast. Yeah, we, wow, we. With one bit.